0: we go all right welcome back everybody we are the jocks of all trades podcast i am brad this is kyle uh welcome to the first episode of armchair gms um we had a lot of requests um about us talking about fantasy before and people said we didn't really go in depth or talk about as much as we could so we decided to give you a whole show where we just hit fantasy um i know you weren't able to be with us yesterday uh welcome back bud good to see you in podcast format good to be back and smacking each other and fantasy football and uh having a good time uh actually it's interesting uh in my league that i run kyle and i are kyle's number one i'm number two so if you want some good fantasy information these are probably the people to listen to As of right
1: now, I'm number two. We'll see what happens later (laughs) in the year. I did beat Luke, who is our third co-host. So that's good. Um,
0: Condolences to him. Um. (laughs) Seeing as
1: I'm here on Armchair GMs. If the power goes out at my house, I'm sorry. There is a thunderstorm here, lightning. My dog's barking in the background. There's a bunch of stuff happening right now, but we're going to push through it. Um, So first in Armchair GMs, we have... Jocks grades. We're going to go through A, B, C, D, and F. We're going to give our guy (laughs) who we thought was good all the way down to who we thought was just like horrible in terms of fantasy. So, um, Brad, you want to start us off with who got our A?
0: I would love to. My fifth round pick in this draft was Kyler Murray, and Kyler Murray is going to take a big old A from both of us. What a shilling! He had four uh, passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown, absolutely just destroyed the Titans. Like there, there was no coming back from that. Um, I was really impressed. Uh, I We know he's good, but I didn't think he was going to do that to the Titans. Uh, so, yeah, I was really shocked with that. That's our A. Kyle, go ahead and take our B. I know you're really high on this guy, um, so I'll let you go ahead and going on him for a minute.
1: Yeah, uh, for our B, we have Michael Owens from the Chargers. Um, Even back in his Clemson days, he was just a beast. And we never really saw him perform uh, as well as where he was drafted. I mean, he was drafted, what, like seventh overall or something in his draft uh, when he came out. And he's a big physical receiver. The Chargers were a number two to Keenan Allen. He got 22 points in PPR League. He's like going to have a bunch of deep plays. Like He's not going to go off for 38 points. Did you hear that? Uh, he's not going to go off for like 38 points like Amari Cooper did, um, but he's going to get a lot of targets. He's going to get a lot of red zone opportunities. So he had 22 against the Washington football team. Uh, that's RB.
0: Yeah. Um, RC is – I mean, it wasn't a bad game, but it wasn't like, wow, he's got to be my RB1. Uh, Naeem Hines had 13.4 points uh, against the Seahawks defense. Um, I was there for that game. Uh, very good game. Very gritty early. Um, Hines really showed up when Wentz needed it. Um, Wentz was not bad. Wentz stayed in the pocket a lot, really took some hits and tried to make plays happen. And Hines was his like go-to guy anytime he was in trouble. So uh, maybe Hines moves up to B at some point in the year. But for right now, I'll put him at C. It, it was it was a good game, but not like stellar.
1: Yeah, I think you're kind of hoping that he'll eventually get more, um, especially in a deep ten to twelve team league. Like yeah. he's probably a lot of people's number two or number three running back. So uh, our D is Elijah Moore you could honestly put him at F two. There's a lot of hype surrounding him in training camp with Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson's favorite target. He's all over the field. He's catching everything and he has three targets. He has one catch for negative three yards. So that totals 0.7 and a PPR league. Definitely not what you want to see. Um, Zach Wilson really targeted Corey Davis uh, against the Panthers and Corey Davis did really well. So like he's kind of going higher on my list, but um Elijah Moore as number two receiver, especially with Jameson Crowder out, Denzel Mims just being, like, horrible, and they don't like him at all. Uh, you want to see more than .7 points from Elijah Moore. But it's his first game, so maybe he'll pull through later. So that's our D. Our
0: um, F, guys, if you watched any NFL football this past Sunday, you you know who the F is. It is Aaron Rodgers. Holy cow. For a dude that spent his whole offseason saying, I don't want to play here, I don't want to play here, I'm better than this, and then said, I'm committed to your organization, what a way to come out and say, I'm not committed to your organization, and I'm kind of trash, TBH. Like, that was rough. I think he only had 1.32 points as a starting quarterback. Jared Goff scored 30-something points in fantasy. Like, that's not... I'm sorry. Like, you can't be the league's reigning MVP and play like that. Like, that was just disgusting.
1: Yeah, in terms of a passer rating, I'm pretty sure everybody saw this, but if he would have thrown the ball in the dirt every pass, he would have had a higher pass rating than what he ended up with. So that kind of tells you all you need to know about his game. He blamed one interception on being, like, tackled in the nuts, apparently, like someone – tackled him and got the helmet right on his and that's why he threw an interception so if he wants to blame it on that go ahead i think you should probably just uh do better than that or just go to jeopardy man like we don't want to see you do that on the football field we kind of we kind of expect you to go off every game because you're supposed to be one of the best
0: quarterbacks in the league so um what a especially, terrible uh, especially if your second round draft pick was Devonte adams uh, that's that's not how I want to see Devontae Adams play. And if you're going to be like that, I'd rather see Jordan Love throw to Devontae
1: Adams. Yeah, and Aaron Jones didn't do that well either. So yep. tough day all around for the Green Bay Packers for sure. Um, our next segment is Sleeper Seekers. We're going to give you a few guys that kind of are um, – that you don't, maybe you don't know about. Maybe they'll perform great next week or down the road this season. But some guys – you might not have heard of or guys that might be better than what their value is right now. So uh, our first guy is Kenny Gainwell from the Philadelphia Eagles. This is non-biased. Kenny Gainwell is a fifth round pick in this draft. Um, He was drafted pretty low in most leagues and some leagues not drafted at all, but he had 11 touches for being running back. Number two, 43 total yards um, and a touchdown. That's about uh, 12 points in a PPR league. And I really honestly think his touches will go up and up because he definitely should have been drafted in the fifth round. Um, Miles Sanders is a very good choice at running back one, but I have a feeling they're both going to have an equal amount of of targets, uh, very close to um, an equal amount of carries as well. So if you're looking for a running back number three or a guy on the bench, I pick up Kenny Gainwell because he might give you some value uh, in the middle to the late of the season.
0: Um, to, to piggyback on that, I did take Kenny Gainwell uh, in one of the leagues that I'm in, um, especially after seeing how much usage he got. And a lot of people weren't sure where he was going to land in the mix of running backs for the Eagles. Um, but if you watch the game, Boston Scott was only there for special teams. So yeah. that makes me feel good about picking up Kenny Gainwell because Hertz likes to run. Hertz uh, Hertz has a decent arm, but if Hertz struggles, they're going to go to the ground game. And Sanders has proven he can do it, but eventually you're going to wear out Sanders, and that means that Kenny Gainwell is going to come in and feast, which reminds me of the second person that's on this list. I'll go ahead and let you take that one because you kind of wrote this section, but uh, go ahead.
1: Yeah, Tony Pollard, too. If you watch the Cowboys and the Buccaneers game, the big takeaway from that game, you'd be saying, wow, the Cowboys are neck and neck with the Buccaneers, and the Buccaneers look as good as ever. Your second te- takeaway is like, wow, Zeke Elliott looks cooked. His goose is cooked. He doesn't look like the normal Zeke Elliott. He looks slow. He doesn't look very decisive. Um, and in a Cowboys offense that is literally passing the ball, like what, maybe 80 90% of, of the game, which is what it kind of seemed like, Um, Tony Pollard just gives you a lot more in the passing game, and he gives you a lot more in terms of just, like, juice. Um, He only had seven touches and 43 yards, but I feel like when the Cowboys are playing at their best, it is through the passing game. And Tony Pollard is just better in the passing game, and he's going to give you a lot more touches, I think, than Zeke Elliott um, will. He just seems quicker, and he seems more um, just juiced up than Zeke Elliott does. So I think seven touches kind of concerns you because you don't want to – you don't want to start a guy that's going to give you seven 78 to touches. But I think if you jump on him now, I think eventually it's going to pay off. He's going to get more yards, more touches and then eventually touchdowns because um, Michael Gallup, he's out for like six weeks, I think. So they're going to look for some more targets for other people.
0: And Tony Pollard might be that guy. Um, I'll piggyback on this too. Um, so be- because of that injury, yes, I think Pollard is going to get a lot more receptions perhaps out of the backfield. Um, the, only person I think that will steal that from him will be Blake Jarwin Uh, or uh, not Blake Jarwin uh, Dalton Schultz. uh, Yeah. Um, That is my only concern but still Tony Pollard has a higher upside than Dalton Schultz so I would see them trying to put the ball in his hands more than Schultz so again you're right I don't think right now it's the move but down the line I think it definitely would be. Um, Next
1: we have Trey Lance slash Justin Fields Both those guys played a little bit in their respective games. I think maybe you take a little bit of a jump on them if they're not on on your team already. Because I think one of those guys, they're just going to be impatient and stick one of them in. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo looked very, very good. So I'm thinking maybe Jimmy G will be the starter the rest of the year unless he gets hurt. But, you know, Jimmy G in years past has gotten hurt. He's not the most uh, healthy guy in the world. Uh, On the other side, Andy Dalton, he looked pretty bad. Um, And Justin Fields, when he came in, made some nice plays, got the ball rolling a little bit. The running game looked better um, just because of his threat, being able to run the ball as well. Um, I don't have any faith in Matt Nagy. I don't. His reasoning for starting Andy Dalton over Justin Fields, he was just struggling over his words. He was like, but um, um, Andy Dalton, is uh," like he just couldn't get it out. Because he knows that Justin Fields is probably much better than Andy Dalton is. And I think if they keep losing or if Andy Dalton keeps looking the way that he is, people, fans, media, players will get impatient with Andy Dalton and they'll put Justin Fields in. So I think you take a little bit of a swing here, pick him up um, as your quarterback number two. Um, I think he'll get you some points down the road. Yeah.
0: Um, Kind of piggybacking again again. Um Fields if I had to if I had to flip a coin and say, is it gonna be Lance or Fields that gets in first? It will probably be Fields. At least the 49ers have had some decent success the past couple years, that they're a little more patient as a fan base to be like, Okay, I get where you're going, I want you to get there. Bears fans, on the other hand, y'all haven't had anything to be excited about. And now you have potentially the best quarterback you've had since what McMahon? Maybe I'm not even going to put Cutler up there because Cutler is Cutler. That's a whole different conversation for another time of all smoke and Jay Cutler. But uh, listen, Justin Fields I think has a much better shot to start and play well this year. So if if you have that situation where you're between the two of them, I would really suggest Fields first. And if Fields isn't available, then yeah, go Lance. But I just I can't get away from Fields. Well, just that. Landing spot for him and how Dalton played. Like, yes, it's the Rams' defense, but also, like, you've been in the league long enough that you shouldn't be playing like that against that kind of a defense. So,
1: yeah, and he's not totally bare on weapons either. I mean, Montgomery had over 100 yards rushing that game. So, if your running game's working, your passing game should be a little bit better than what it was. Yes. I just think everybody's value goes up and it will go up. I think Robinson's value will go up. I think Cole Komet's value. I think Montgomery's value will go up. Once Justin Fields enters the Bears' picture. But that's just a big question of if and, and when he does. When, yeah. Um, hopefully, when I'm tired of seeing Andy Alton out there. Uh, <laughs> next guy that we have on Sleeper Seekers is Tim Patrick and KJ Hamler, both receivers from the Broncos. Patrick had four receptions for 39 yards and a touchdown um, up next to the Jacksonville Jaguars. If you remember last year, he was pretty hot in the middle of the year. I think he ended up with around 700 receiving yards last year. Um, but Jerry Judy just got hurt. So they're looking for another guy to step up. I know it's sad. I, I love Jerry Judy coming out of Alabama, and I think he's going to have a, a good fantasy year this year. But fortunately, he got hurt. Um, so they are looking at probably either Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, or KJ Hamler to show up. Uh, Sutton's kind of still battling, uh, battling some injuries here. Uh, but Tim Patrick definitely had a great year last year. I think him, KJ, one of those two is going to have a meteoric rise in that offense. So I'd look at one of those guys. Um, and they have a good matchup against the Jaguars next week. Jacksonville looked like crap. So one of those guys I think will, will perform good for you next week and maybe weeks on.
0: Um,
1: last guy, do you want to take it? Van Jefferson.
0: Yeah, um, I, I'm I'm still on the fence about Van Jefferson, uh, but I do know that he had a good season last year. It wasn't like a massive like breakout, but it was enough that some people picked him up for like a week or two last year. And that's kind of how I feel about him again this year, like maybe for like a week or two when he has a good matchup against the defense. But I'm not sold on him being like a championship piece on your roster to get you there. Yeah. Um, but he did have, what, two receptions for 80 yards, a touchdown. And now they're going to play the Colts. So I do like the Colts' defense. However, their, their pass rush is always sus. Always sus. And their secondary is meh. Um, they're much, much better against the run. Um, and, I mean, I really got to see that up close uh, past Sunday. Uh, but the pass... Uh, they
1: they give up a lot. Yeah, Tyler Lockett went over their heads a, a couple times, so maybe that's an area for for Van Jefferson or Cooper Cup or Robert Woods. That's the thing though is they have Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, um, two really really good receivers, two very productive fantasy guys. But it's Matt Stafford, not Jared Goff, so maybe that'll bump up Jefferson's value a little bit.
0: That's true, and and I will say. If Cup or Woods goes down, then I will be so much bigger on Van Jefferson. Yeah.
1: Um, let's look at our next segment is Waiver Wire Wednesday. Today is Wednesday. So what guys <laughs> can you pick up on your Waiver Wire, Brad?
0: Um, I, I wrote this list, and I feel like I wanted to add somebody, but I'm not going to. Uh, I'm going to leave that as a little nugget. Maybe they'll put it on Friday on social media. So if you're, like, really struggling for Sunday, I'll put that out there. Um, but for right now, um, dude, my number one, uh, I was so, so concerned with the Texans having Rex Burkhead, Philip Lindsey, David Johnson. Johnson, Mark Ingram. I was like, what, why? Like, why would you do this? Because now you're just going to become the Patriots and have too many running backs and we can't trust anybody. I was so glad to be proven wrong with Mark Ingram. He had 24 carries against the Browns. And I read this on the NFL Fantasy app, and it just blew me away because I watched the game, but sometimes you're just, like, caught in the game and not really, like, paying attention. Um, I just I have to read what they have written there because it's just it's brilliant. Um, and I feel like that's going to sell people on really going after him. Um, so, yes, uh, Lindsey Johnson, Ingram... All had touches. But Ingram had 26 versus 15 combined for Lindsey, Johnson, and Burkhead. That is huge. Like, that is such a huge chunk of usage that I, I think if you really need another running back, I mean, Ingram has the potential to be running back like, that's crazy. If he's going to get that kind of a target share and those kind of runs, yeah, I would take Mark in a heartbeat. Um, now, he will play the Browns this upcoming week, so he might be one of those ones where you just pick it up and stash it away for another week. It's not going to be this week. If it is, I will be really shocked.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna the Browns
0: defense is – I
1: don't know how much room they're going to get. so. Yeah.
0: Well, and I, I expect them to go to the air to Brandon Cooks. But the problem with that, too, is you don't have an explosive quarterback for the Texans. You have Tyrod Taylor, which I like Tyrod Taylor. But I'm not going to put the fate of my week in fantasy in Tyrod Taylor's hands. So I would just not mess with the Texans this week. They're not coached by uh, – the the Browns aren't coached by Urban Meyer. So yeah. i do not going to play stupid. Um, that brings me to my second person for waiver wire, uh, Elijah Mitchell, dude. Uh, again, another team that's always, ha- always has a plethora of running backs is the Niners, and um, a lot of people were sold on Mostert, which is great. But Mostert went down; he is expected to be out for eight weeks. I think is what. Or longer, yeah. Um, so at that point, you really get a question of, well, who's going to take it? Is it going to be Jermichael Hasty? Is it going to be McKinnon? Uh, not McKinnon. Uh, are McKinnon. Are they still nope. McKinnon? think Uh, Trace Herman got a couple of carries,
1: but didn't do much. Um, I said to Michael Hasty, "Uh, I think that's about
0: it." Anyhow, uh, the point being, Elijah Mitchell was their number one option. He's quick. He's got good, a uh, good like protection of the ball. I didn't really see anything that made me go like, "Ooh, he's not that great." Uh, and he did have 104 yards and a touchdown. Um, you know, if I'm going to look for a 49ers running back, uh, I think it has to be Elijah Mitchell head and shoulders above everybody else there. And that's, I'm, I always, always hesitate to say that with Niners running backs because you never know who it's going to be. But it kind of looks like they picked a guy. Um, so, I mean, take a swing for the fences. Again, this may be a thing where eh, it's not going to work out this week but they do play the Eagles. Um, granted, we will talk about why I think the Eagles looked better than they did, but um, he might be a good start against the Eagles, actually. I feel like I, think Eagles, so. I feel like they're better against the pass than they are they, against the run. Uh, it's only one
1: game, but this year it's very opposite. From years past, they struggled yeah. against the pass. We're good against the run. Yeah. First half, the Falcons tore him up on the ground, so – I'm thinking the Niners will have a a good shot at getting some really good um, running lanes for Elijah Mitchell early in the game. Mm -hmm. And I think he'll easily get over 10 points, assuming he'll get the bulk of the carries. So I like that matchup versus the Eagles. Um, Next is Tyson Williams. Now I drafted JK Dobbins uh, before he got hurt. Then I drafted Gus Edwards before he got hurt. So and then they picked up Tyson Williams, and then they signed Latavius Murray. So like the Texans backfield, the Ravens are a little confusing right now. I know they have Le'Veon on the practice squad. They brought up Murray. Murray got some carries. But Tyson Williams did very, very well. He only had nine rushes, but 12 total touches, um, about 90 yards and a touchdown. So that's about 15.4 fantasy points in uh, a regular league and about 18 in a PPR. So
0: really good.
1: Very good. Um, and Ravens will definitely not shy away from running the ball. I saw a stat that uh, in the last couple of years, I think over 30 quarterbacks had over 300 passing yards and uh, in a game, and one of them was not Lamar Jackson. So wow. they're not going to pass the ball, and that's not their MO. They're going to run the ball. So I think Tyson Williams, still pick him up. I would start him. Um, and I started to against the Chiefs, too. I'm not I'm not scared of the Chiefs' defense. No, no. Uh, Chubb and Hunt, Hunt had their way, I think, with the Chiefs. So pick up Tyson Williams. I think he's going to get you some good points this week and um, maybe
0: in the future. I would even go further. This one's more of a sleeper seeker. But I would even go further and say to pick up Latavius Murray. Uh, the news out of Ravens camp today, I don't know how hard you follow Ravens stuff, but you know I do. Um, they did release Trenton Cannon. So now you've really only got two primary running backs that you're going to be going through, which they proved was Latavius Murray and Tyson Williams. So unless they call up Le'Veon or I don't remember who else is on their practice squad. Is it Devontae Freeman? Maybe. Yeah, it's (laughs) weird. They've got weirdos. Um, But unless they sign them up, that's basically a two-man back system, which is what they ran with J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. And we know dang well how Gus Edwards did in a backup role as a running back. So I would say Latavius Murray might have a really good shot to be good late. Granted, like RB3 area, but still it's it's good to have. So I, I, w- I would go further and say him too. Uh, our
1: next guy is Zach Pascal. He had four catches, 43 yards, two touchdowns um, against the Seahawks. That's about – 18 uh, fancy points, 22 in a PPR. So he didn't have a lot of targets. That's kind of concerning, but they didn't really pass the ball that much. The Colts are a very run heavy team, run first team. And he is kind of the number one guy over there. Michael Pittman, um, he had a good year last year. I don't know how involved he will be this year, but Zach Pascal will be a guy in the red zone to step up for Carson Wentz. And Carson Wentz usually is a very good red zone guy. Um, and he has receivers that he can trust. So I think Pascal is one of those guys and will be one of those guys that Wentz will trust. So I think he's worth picking up, and I think his production will go up. Um, I don't think he's going to have 40 yards every game. I think it's going to go up probably to around 60, 70, maybe 80 yards a game um, if I'm guessing. So uh, he's a guy that's, I think, worth picking up and probably starting uh, for the Colts. And they have the Titans next week. Um, we saw what Kyler Murray did against the Titans. So I think Pascal's going to have a, a decent game next week.
0: And even better, um, when Wentz was going through a lot of his reads on Sunday, um, he would look at Pascal. He would look in Pascal's directions on those third down and long plays first before he went through the rest of his reads. So to me, I think Pascal is kind of taking that TY like uh, uh, role in the Colts offense right now. So you're absolutely right. Like, yes, the targets don't look great, but I expect that to go up as the season goes on um, because it, it is the first game. There's a lot of overreactions in the first game, but I do think he could very well carve out like a Ty, like deep threat kind of role for the Colts, um, which I, I thought it was going to be Paris Campbell, but I'm going to put my money on Paschal.
1: Uh, our last guy that we have is Jawan Johnson, the receiver turned tight end Penn state product at one point and transferred to Oregon um, had three catches, 21 yards, two touchdowns for Jameis Winston and the saints against the green Bay Packers. Listen again, not, not a lot of targets, but with Adam Troutman kind of being hurt, um, Jameis Winston, not afraid to throw it up to his big guys. I think Jawan Johnson's going to get a lot of targets in the red zone. Um, kind of has like a little bit of of a Gronk-type stat line from last year. Like, Gronk didn't have a lot of targets last year in that Buccaneers offense, but he made it count because usually every other game he put up one or two touchdowns. So will Juwan Johnson be uh, consistent this year, consistent top tight end? Probably not, but I think you're going to see him put up, you know, 10, 12 points one game, then maybe five the next game, and then 15 the next game. So – It's just kind of about looking at your matchups and and seeing what game Jawan Johnson can can go in there. Next week against the Pats, don't know about that. Uh, Kyle Van Noy is a very, very good linebacker in coverage. McCordy's very good there still. So um, not sure about next week, but he's definitely a guy that you should pick up and and start playing.
0: So Jawan Johnson kind of reminds me of, like, the Robert Tunyon of this year. Not going to have, like, 20 points every game. But, again, like you said, like 12 here, 5 there. Like it, He's like a plug-and-play more than a week-by-week week starter. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, our next segment, guys,
1: is jock or a joke. We're going to give you some guys that played this last week. And based on their fantasy production, we're going to say, are they a jock? Are they good? Um are they a joke or are they, are they a guy that we could easily just write off the rest of the year? Bradley, Najee Harris, your boy from Alabama, had 5.9 fantasy points, 16 carries, 4 targets, 45 yards. Uh, is he a jock or is he a joke? You're going to give up on
0: him. Dude, Dude, I, I wrote this and I knew you were going to direct this to me. So I, I've been arguing with my brain for the past, like, 10 minutes, knowing that this conversation was coming up. Um, I'm, I'm going to stick with Jock for now, only because we, you and I both know fantasy is about opportunity and touches. And let me tell you, Najee had a crap load of touches for Pittsburgh. So if that translates better into better yardage, yeah, that guy is going to be like a a RB1 next year, like hands down, if, if things go better. Granted, yes, they did play the Bills defense week one. That's hard. That is a tough cookie. That is a tough ticket. I did not expect him to go for 20 points, but I also didn't expect him to go for five. Granted, the Steelers' offense itself just struggled the whole game. So as much as I want to be like, ooh, press the panic button, again, it's week one. I have to keep telling myself that, too. This was this dude's first NFL game. very first NFL game to take 16 carries for 45 yards, that's not bad. And the stat line that everyone keeps talking about just as much as Aaron Rodgers, like, throw into the dirt and have a better passer rating is the Najee was on the field for 100% of the offensive snaps. That is incredible for a rookie. Like, it, it scares me because it reminds me of like that Michael Jordan stuff, like where he would just play like every minute in the game and just be the dude. So, on one hand, I'm expecting him to be like the Michael Jordan of like running backs. But on the other hand, I know that I have to temper my expectations because he is a rookie. Um, the O line. Was about as bad as advertised, um, which made me very nervous. Uh, so I'm expecting Big Ben to heave it out a lot more than oh, let's run it with Najee. So, uh, week one, I'm not gonna overreact, I'm gonna say Jock, but um, ask, ask me that again like mid season at Anvil Chat. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think he's a jock, too. Listen, playing that many snaps, that many carries. The Steelers love running the ball. Um, They're not afraid to pass it to him either. He was very good in college in catching the ball and and yards after catch. So um, he's going to be an integral part, one of the most integral parts of the Steelers' offense. And next week they play the Raiders. I don't think the Raiders' linebackers or safeties are very good in coverage. Um, They played okay against the Ravens, but – um, the Steelers have better receivers than the Ravens do. Um, I just think Steelers have a much more functional offense, assuming their offensive line can give Ben time and give Harris the running room. So I think he'll perform better next week. Next is Jameis Winston, 39.6 fantasy points, five touchdowns, <laughs> 37 rushing yards. Only had 148 uh, passing yards, but. Brad, is he a jock or is he a joke?
0: Uh, you know, I was trying to do the eat, eat the dub thing that he always does, uh, but you know, I'm I am not going to call him a jock yet. I'm going to call him a joke. Um, we are still not far removed from the dude that threw thirty passing touchdowns and thirty interceptions. Right. He has not started since then. Yes, he came in in the divisional round for the Saints and played pretty well, great, fantastic. But this was his first start. And let me tell you, the Packers aren't exactly, like, the number one defense in the league. Like, they are not somebody that I'm like, oh, God, like, ooh, the Packers. Like, their offense, yeah, their offense I would be terrified of usually, uh, except for, you know, whatever happened to them this past week. But their defense, like, okay, let's, let's backtrack a little bit too. He threw for 148 yards and five touchdowns. That tells me they were in some prime freaking positions most of the game, and all he had to do was just kind of sling it. I watched like three quarters of the game. Once the fourth quarter was on and Jordan Love came out, I turned it off. Uh, because I was like, well, this is no longer interesting for me for fantasy. Now, uh, Kamara. Kamara did a lot of the legwork to get them in there. So I think what we saw was really just a lot of
1: the Saints'
0: Saints defense giving them good field position. That that and TD theft from Kamara. Like I, when you're in the twenty, like when you're in the red zone, and you're gonna pass like that, when you have Alvin freaking Kamara and you're passing. Uh, it feels like a Seahawks, like, y'all should have just ran it. Like, I'm I'm not convinced that this Winston is going to be an MVP of the league, that this Winston is going to come out and do this again against Carolina. Like, this is not a quarterback that I would put in the top 15 starting quarterbacks in the league. I'm going to say this week was a fluke. He is a joke. I'm not buying it.
1: Yeah, I'm not buying it either. 148 passing yards, it's not really a recipe for fantasy success. Um, offense, defense, special teams helped out Jameis Winston more than he helped oh, wow. out the rest of them. So I like Jameis. I'm happy for him. Uh, I think people are a little bit just o- overreacting to this big fantasy performance. Um, let's just see what happens uh, next week against Carolina. Uh their offensive look pretty good, definitely better than the Packers, whatever that – again, whatever that was. But uh, the
0: defense, is
1: eh. Yeah, defense isn't, isn't great. But um, – however, the Packers' defense has always been known to give up a lot of the easy rushing yards, and that's kind of what put the Saints in good position in the red zone and good, put good position for James Winston to throw some easy touchdowns. So – yeah, Packers defense can be had, especially against the run. Um, let's look at Mike Evans next. Is he a jock or is he a joke? He only had five points, uh, twenty-four yards. Up next, he does play the Falcons, but um, there's a lot of guys on that Buccaneers team. Uh, is he a jock or is he a joke?
0: Um, dang man, like I, I know I told Luke after, uh, so I swung a trade in our league. Um, and gave up Antonio Brown and Miles Gaskin in a third-round pick next year for Najee Harris. Um, was the price a little steep? Yes. Um, and I knew it was because I had said to Luke during this trade, I said, Antonio Brown, and I wish I had this in recording because no one's going to believe me now, but I said Antonio Brown is going to end up being the best receiver on that Bucks offense um i almost put that on twitter but i wasn't ready to fight trolls for hours um because i know a lot of people are just not going to agree with that but if you go back and i wish i had the stat line in front of me right now but if you go back to last season when brown really started getting accustomed to the offense brady targeted the crap out of him from weeks 13 to 17 every opportunity he could. Now, the little bit of that game that I got to watch, I had to go to bed early because of work, but, but I watched highlights. So the, the stuff that I did watch, even when Brady didn't get it to him, he was looking for Antonio Brown. You've got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin on that field, and he's looking for Antonio Brown first. He, Brady has been a huge supporter of Antonio Brown. That being said, um, Mike Evans has had 1,000 receiving yards like forever. like I'm guessing since he was born. Like, it's just, you know, like, it's not uncommon for him to have that. This might be the first year where he does not even with an extra week in the NFL. And I say this because of exactly what you said. There are too many people on that offense. Like, Rojo was probably the best thing for Mike Evans. Because when you have Fournette and Rojo, who played pretty well last year, you've got Gronk, you've got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Antonio Brown all fighting for the ball. Mike Evans is going to get lost somewhere. So the best thing for him to have happen was for Rojo to crap himself on a high stage. That was great for Mike Evans. Mike Evans as a player is a jock. Mike Evans as fantasy from it this year might be a joke, like quite frankly, like Godwin is younger, faster, better hands. I would say Godwin or AB on that offense, I guess, over Mike Evans. You yeah, know,
1: Brady know, has like a connection with Gronk, obviously. Yeah. They have what over a 100 is it 100, over 100 yeah, touchdowns? That's insane, uh, it's really insane. Um. Chris Godwin has a special connection with him too. Brady's talked about time and time again how special he thinks Chris Godwin is, and he looks for him a lot. Antonio Brown just gets open, and he catches everything. Yeah. Like he's just a like in terms of his personality, what he does off the field. No, he's not a good pro no. on the field. He's a very good pro. Um, so like he has connections with like, three other guys on this team. Mike Evans is sometimes a jump ball guy, sometimes a, a deep threat. But it's just not always the best high percentage looks, and that's what Brady kind of looks for—is high percentage looks, and he gets that with Godwin and Brown and Gronk, and running the ball. Like, it's just not the most high percentage thing for Mike Evans. So I agree with you. Jock as a player might be a joke as a fantasy guy.
0: And, And even worse, like when when you talk about high percentage, like stuff is what Brady looks for. What quarterback is better than Brady? If Brady isn't looking for you, that's bad. That's really bad. I don't think you come back from that. You know what I mean? Like, there's no – you have to make it up somehow. So maybe if Mike Evans has a really good game where he's just open and he's just really beating, like, the secondary, maybe he gets back into, like, some Brady favor. But if Brady is looking for other people over you, you probably just lost, brother. Like, that's – you don't come back from that.
1: Yeah, let's look at James Robinson next. He had 8.4 fantasy points, 25 rushing yards, 29 uh, receiving yards, um, one fumble, but was recovered by the Jags. Uh, Carlos Hyde had more carries than James Robinson. Brad, do you know where Carlos Hyde went to college? Ohio State. Oh. Uh, hmm. I wonder if that has anything to do with it. I want, Maybe it doesn't, but I wonder if it does because Urban Meyer is the head coach. But Jacksonville Jaguars, obviously coach at Ohio State. Carlos Hyde has kind of been forgotten. Like, he's just been everywhere recently. Um, Maybe a decent uh, number two running back on an NFL team. But, like, why is he getting more carries than James Robinson, who had just a career and amazing year last year? Uh, I'm not a believer in a Jacksonville Jaguars. And when another show comes on, whatever next show we have – I will definitely talk about the Jaguars and how I'm not a believer in them at all. But, Brad, it's not the time. James Robinson, is he a jock or is he a joke?
0: Uh, I'm, I'm going to correct you with one statement you made and then move on. Um, you're not a believer in Urban Meyer, not the Jaguars. Well, uh, because the <laughs> everything that's occurring right now is <laughs> his fault. So, anyhow, uh, James Robinson, dude, I put this on here because I'm so conflicted. Because I drafted him, thinking that listen, Hyde and Etienne at most are going to come in on third down, like, and then Etienne went down, and I was like, great, James Robinson just turned into a, a, a running back one. Like, I, I have no competition on that roster. And then I watched their game, and Hyde was there far too much. Like, well, I don't, I don't get it. You had the undrafted free agent that came out and blew everybody up. When your quarterback was Gardner Minshew and you had nothing better than that, now you have Trevor Lawrence and you've given up on your like really good running. Like I don't, I don't get it. Like if it was Etienne, I would understand that more because you put a first round pick into that guy. You yeah, won. but then
1: they then they put him at receiver because they had James Robinson. Yeah, but now you don't use James Robinson. What I don't get it. It's one week. Maybe they will use him more, but it's just not very. It's not smart.
0: I, I don't think. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say this then. Um, very similar to Mike Evans. The player is a jock. But if this continues, he is going to be a joke for the season. Um, and that sucks because I know a lot of people that took uh, James Robinson in that like running back dead zone between like rounds like five, four or five through like eight. Um, I was one of those people because I just I really believe in James Robinson. But if urban Meyer keeps doing that i'm i'm toast i'm absolutely toast so uh yeah i guess the same with mike evans
1: um let's go to our rapid fire here um speed some things up quick i'm gonna ask you some questions brad uh about fantasy about this sunday what rookie from a fantasy perspective most impressed you on sunday
0: can i be biased Uh, I'm going to Um, Waddle, Jalen Waddle. I will say this only because from like an injury history standpoint, uh, he he was not super mobile when he came back and he played in the title game. And then he went to the draft and I was like, brother, you're going to like tank your stock because that is hard to come back from and come back from well. And then in week one, he just kind of torched New England and Tua looked for him a lot. He was really good on the receptions he did get. Um, I know there were a lot of rookies that played, but I just, for whatever reason, I I don't know if it was because Tua is taking a better second-year leap, but uh, it was Waddle for me. It really was.
1: Yeah, Waddle, Chase, and Smith all kind of had similar target shares. Um, I think Chase had five receptions. Waddle had six. Devonta Smith had six. Um, They all really impressed me the first week. Because usually when those receivers get drafted, you're just, you're just kind of like, which ones, you know, which ones not going to be good? Because usually they're not all very good. But I think Jamar Chase impressed me the most just because of what led up to this week. With yeah. I don't know how to catch this ball. It's a new ball, and everyone's just like, what are you talking about? This guy's going to suck. But then he showed on Sunday. He torched Patrick Peterson. Like he made Patrick Peterson, who's one of the best cornerbacks in this last decade, maybe last um, twenty years, like. He made him look silly. So Jamar Chase impressed me the most. Um, also, Joe Burrow impressed me the most. He took like five sacks Sunday, and he still put up pretty big numbers. So he might die while putting up big numbers, but, hey, that's what we care about, right? Um, next question. Can Dak be the number one quarterback in fantasy football?
0: Um, sorry, I forgot to change the thing over. Um, absolutely. Um. Yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that. I don't even have to explain it. If he does get there, I will explain why I thought that. But, yeah, he can.
1: Yeah, all those receivers. Talked about Tony Pollard, Zeke Elliott out of the backfield. Schultz is looking better and better. They're passing the ball like 50 times a game. Sure, he's going to probably throw some interceptions. But for fantasy, well, you're still putting up a gaudy 35 a game. So. I think he can easily be the number one quarterback in fantasy. Uh, Next question, our last question, who do you already regret taking early in fantasy?
0: Um, I took Elijah Moore around like seventh, eighth round, which uh, with all the stuff coming out of training camp, I thought, oh, yeah, he'll be a good wide receiver, too, on the Jets. Zach Wilson, we know, is not a slouch that'll turn out really well. Uh, week one, he had the opportunity to be the wide receiver two for the Jets and just didn't just couldn't put it together. Um, so I hope that turns around, but for right now, my like excitement for him is like, eh. you uh, Calvin Ridley for sure. Uh, when I drafted him
1: in my other league, I was like, well, he's the number one option now, uh, since Julio's gone Matt Ryan, still a good quarterback. I just kind of forgot that maybe just because Julio's there, they put so much attention on him that it opens up for Calvin Ridley. So it's not going to be until Kyle Pitts torches everybody. Uh, that's going to be when Calvin Ridley shows up, I think, because they're going to focus on Calvin Ridley every game to shut him down because he's their number one. So
0: Well, and to make it worse, Russell Gage didn't do anything. So it was just Calvin Ridley.
1: And the running game, I don't trust Mike Davis's longevity, and Matt Ryan is an old fart, and his an O line not going to give him that much time. So all that combined, the Falcons might be a really bad team this year. Kind of regretting taking Calvin Ridley so early.
0: Yeah, and that will lead us into Nightmare on Jock Street. Uh, ever since we've talked about doing this, I've been super excited to do this. Um, there were there were two nightmares that are stuck in my head this week, uh, especially if you are uh, big and hot on Packers players. Dude, Aaron Rodgers and that Packers offense just died, straight up died. Um, Rodgers had 1.32 points. We talked about that. Devontae Adams only had 10.60 points, and he was projected for upwards of 22. That is awful. Um, And Aaron Jones had 4.20 points. So there's two things to this. Yes, their next game is against the Detroit Lions. Um, I am still wary regardless, because they had no reason to struggle like that against New Orleans, but they did. And now you're going to play the Lions, who actually put up a good amount of points against the 49ers, who I would say have a really good defense. Um, I just – I don't know, man. Like, is this just, like, going to be a recurring nightmare on Jock Street for us? Or is this just week one woes and scariness, and they're going to come right back to it? I think it's
1: an aberration. I, um, no, I don't think all these guys – Rogers, Adams, Aaron Jones, Tungan – I don't think all of them are going to reach their projected um, ceiling. I don't. Like, I think one of them is going to have a down year. Like, Adams killed it last year. There were games where he had multiple touchdowns, like, every week. Um, and Aaron Jones, I know the Packers O-line struggling a little bit. Tiari is injured. Uh, Dylan's kind of stepping up for them a little bit as a backup. So, like, even though they paid Aaron Jones big money, I think one of these guys might little might falter a little bit. And their fantasy projections and that might be aaron jones um but i think it's an aberration i think they'll come back to reality next week i think i think they should torch the lion's defense if they don't i'll be back here again and being very very surprised and wondering what's going on is aaron Rodgers purposefully
0: doing this <laughs> um so i'll be confused again next week yeah uh, yeah if they only score a field goal against the Lions, I'm probably going to trade Devontae Adams. Like, that's where I'm at right now. Uh, anyhow, uh, let's move on to the second nightmare that's still plaguing me because I watched this game too. Uh, the Falcons offense, which was like the big talk of the summer of like, you've got Kyle Pitts now and Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage, and they picked up Mike Davis. So now they're going to look like really good. Um they all, all of them cracked out. Uh, Matt Ryan had 7.36 points, which as a starting quarterback is garbage. Calvin Ridley only had 10.10 points again. Another one of those receivers that was supposed to have upwards of 19 or 20 points. Uh, Russell Gage had zero points, and he was projected to have, uh, what, like 10, 11 points, maybe 12, somewhere in that range. That's, that's bad if you can get zero points as a receiver. Uh, Just like literally one reception is a point. So you couldn't even get like a catch. Um, Kyle Pitts had 7.10. I am not going to put the hammer down on Pitts yet though because he's a rookie and a tight end and it's really hard to be a rookie tight end and be dropping like 20 points. I didn't expect him to be that way anyways. That's fine. And Mike Davis had 10.20 points. So... Mike Davis was the only thing that was, like, remotely okay about their offense. But even then, he still never hit his projection of 16 points. So that's why I have them on here because none of them hit their projections. None of them did anything. None of them scored a touchdown. They just struggled. The and next tournament. week, ooh, against some Buccaneers. Now the Cowboys did torch them, but
1: Falcons aren't the Cowboys. So... Yeah. Might be a rough week next week if you're going to try to outduel Tom Brady. Um, not looking good for the Falcons. We might see them with the number one to number three pick at the end of this year. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, let's go to the wheel of defense quick. We'll give you about uh, six, five, six defenses that Perform uh, Sunday. Um, the Cardinals had 16 versus the Vikings. Taylor Jones had five sacks. um, And that's against, um, that was against the um, Titans, who have a pretty good offensive line. They play the Vikings this week, Brad. Uh, Is this another start? Is this another hot start for
0: the Cardinals this week? Um, It could be. The, The Vikings weren't explosive against the Bengals. And I think you and I would take the Cardinals defense over the Bengals defense any day of the week. Um, So I don't think it's going to be a 16-pointer, but I would say around 10 or 11 points would be my projected guess for the Cardinals, Um, especially if they come out and play like they did week one and their offense gets grinding early, takes a lot of pressure off the defense, um, and just lets them do their thing. So uh, Cardinals might actually be a really good start this week on wheel of defense. Um, Kyle, the next one is the Eagles. Um, they had 10 points against, uh, against Falcons. Uh, the Falcons. Sorry, I got a little mixed up there for a minute. Um, and their next game is against the 49ers. So 10 points against the Falcons. We've already talked about the Falcons having a uh, offense. Um the Niners do not have a ugh, offense. They have a lot of weapons. And uh, now it looks like an explosive running back to kind of, like, take the charge for them. Um, I wouldn't start the Eagles' defense this week, um, especially if they're going to go a lot through Elijah Mitchell. Um and they'll probably do short dump passes to Kittle. I would not project the Eagles to have more than like four or five points as a defense in fantasy. Just don't do it. Just don't put yourself in that situation.
1: Yeah. The 49ers are a bunch of rack machines. Uh, I, Even though I can do anything, him, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, um, once they get the ball, they're going to get more from what the catch is. Like They are rack machines and going against an Eagles linebacking core. That's just not very good. Um, is probably their weak spot. They're going to do a lot of over the middle type dump off type, uh, crossing routes, just a lot of stuff to get, um, the ball into their weapons hand, their weapons hands. So I don't think the Eagles are going to perform as well. I think, I think you're probably right about the projection around four or five points. I wouldn't start them. However, the Washington Football Team, who's the next team on the wheel of defense? Uh, they put up seven points last week, but they play against the New York Football Giants, Brad. And woof, Sigon Barkley didn't do anything mainly because his offensive line is hot trash. Eli Jones kind of looks like Eli Manning when Eli Manning sucked, and they did not get the ball in their weapons hands, i.e., the seventy million dollar man, Kenny holiday Forgot about him, so. That one's not bad, but I think they'll probably like I'm gonna project around like 13, 14 for them against New York. I think Me that's, too. Yeah.
0: Me too. That's exactly the number I had in my head. Uh, so I would I would really expect them to be sacking Daniel Jones a lot. Maybe a pick or two, a fumble in there somewhere. They're gonna have a field day. They're gonna have a field day against the Giants.
1: Now the Packers on the next up on the wheel of defense. They had negative four last week. Do you think they'll get better than that against Detroit?
0: They have to. They have to. If they don't, I'm just gonna just be done, and the, the Packers are gonna be my new Jets. Like that's pretty bad, but that's about where I'm at. Um, because if you can't beat the Lions and actually score good points on defense, you're not gonna beat anybody in the league. So,
1: yeah. Uh, Steelers are our last team here. They have put 12 points against the Bills. Up next uh, are the Oakland, sorry, Las Vegas Raiders. Um, Do you think they'll get up
0: to that 12 mark or they won't reach it? I'm going to say 10, maybe 11. Uh, I'm only going to say that because Carr looked a lot better than I expected. However, his target share going to Waller 95% of the time was not expected. And that guy is a freak. Um, Steelers have a good defense. They really do. But I have not seen anyone that's really able to contain Waller really well, and the scary thing is, if you do contain Waller, they now have a tandem of um, Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs. You've got Henry Ruggs on the outside. Brian Edwards coming on a little bit. Yep. So I don't know. If you shut down Waller, you got to deal with a whole lot of other things. So it's all going to depend on how David Carr reads Derek Carr reads the defense, and carves them up. Um, and they won't have to go against
1: Marlon Humphrey. Like, Humphrey's the best corner in the league, maybe, yeah. next to Jalen Ramsey. Um, Steelers do not have Marlon Humphrey. They have, like, 33-year-old Joe Hayden and, yeah, not much
0: else to cover their receivers. They do have Minka Fitzpatrick. They do. So, so um, <laughs> You
1: know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it could be. Cover everybody though, and they don't really have that on the outside. Um, I think, yeah, I don't know if they'll reach that twelve. I think the Raiders will do a little bit more than the Ravens did. I, I have a feeling, um, but I still think they should put up decent numbers, probably around. I I'd say about eight or nine, probably. That's not bad. Um, yeah, I, that's it for the wheel of defense. And that's the last segment we had on our show. Brad, do you want to add anything else?
0: Um, I sure did. Uh, So yeah, stick around for armchair GMs. Uh, We will have one more show usually for the week. We were not able to get together and do it this week. Um, So this Friday we will not have random fandom, but next week we will start random fandom. Uh, Again, like I said, it's just kind of a grab bag. We could talk MCU movies we could talk our favorite popcorn depending on how the kernels stick in our teeth. Like who knows? Uh, It's just for fun. Um, We hope you'll uh, keep sticking with us for this and for the jocks talk and we will see you soon. See ya.